Hi everyone, this is Monica Reinagel, and you're listening to the Nutrition Diva's Quick and Dirty Tips for Eating Well and Feeling Fabulous. There's an old song from the 1940s that says, in order to be happy, you've got to accentuate the positive. I think that this is also really good advice for those of us who are trying to improve our diet and our eating habits. A lot of the dietary advice we get focuses on bad foods that need to be eliminated. Things like snacks and desserts, french fries and soda pop, you know, all the better things in life. But as anyone who has ever spent any time with a two-year-old knows, the best way to focus that toddler's attention and will on a particular object or action is to forbid it. And I think our appetites are pretty much like toddlers. When we're told, or even when we tell ourselves, that we have to cut back or give up a favorite treat, it's hard not to feel deprived. It can be tough to stop thinking about that thing we can't have. And all that thinking about whatever it is we're trying to go without can make avoiding or resisting it feel even harder. This reminds me of a dietary study that came out a couple of years ago. They took a couple hundred overweight adults who had just been diagnosed with type 2 diabetes, and they divided them into two groups. Both groups were told that they would need to make changes to their diet in order to lose weight and manage their disease. They were told to limit their total caloric intake and instructed on things like portion sizes. Beyond that, however, the two groups got different instructions. Group one was taught how to limit their intake of fat to no more than 30% of calories and to keep their saturated fat under 10%. And they were also told to avoid sweets and refined grains. And of course, this is the standard prescription for a reduced-fat, low-calorie diet. Lucky Group 2, however, got a different prescription. They were told to increase their intake of vegetables, fish, and poultry, to choose whole grains, and to use olive oil as their primary source of fat. And this is the standard Mediterranean diet prescription. Four years later, Group 2 had lost more weight and was also only half as likely to need medication to control their blood sugar. Now, in the paper, the researchers go on to talk a lot about the nutritional differences between the two diets, which, quite honestly, weren't all that dramatic, and how these might have contributed to the different outcomes. But I was struck by something else. Group 1 was told what not to eat, and Group 2 was told what to eat more of. And look who fared better. I suspect that focusing on the positives rather than the negatives might be a much better strategy for handling that inner toddler, a strategy that we could use to make our efforts to eat healthier just that much easier. Now, many of you know I have a bit of a sweet tooth, and I've never been able to completely shake that habit of wanting to finish every meal with something sweet. At the same time, I'm fully aware of the dangers of excessive sugar consumption, If I were to focus on going without dessert for an entire week, my inner toddler would probably stamp her foot and threaten to hold her breath until someone forked over some of those little Swedish fish that I, I mean, she loves so much. Instead, I take my inner toddler to the market and let her pick out seven different kinds of luscious fruit, a different one for every night of the week. The more exotic or unusual, the better. Having an apple every night after dinner wouldn't be that exciting. But ripe berries on Monday, fresh pineapple on Tuesday, a juicy peach on Wednesday, decadent figs on Thursday. Now that's something I can authentically look forward to. Likewise, I've found that serving up two or even three different kinds of vegetables at a dinner, each prepared in a favorite yummy way, 
completely takes the sting out of eliminating the breads, rolls, and other minimally nutritious starches. And instead of going out for Italian food and exhausting my willpower on not eating all the pasta, or heading to a burger bar and drooling over my neighbor's fries, and once I've drooled on it, it's mine, right? No, instead, I try to find enticing restaurants that are more in line with my dietary strategy, such as a tapas place, or that bistro with the to-die-for salads. Got the idea? My challenge for you this week is to accentuate the positives in your healthy diet. Rather than focus on the things that you're trying not to eat, find ways to get more excited about the stuff you know you should be eating more of. And feel free to try this on any actual toddlers you may have in your life, or for that matter, partners or teenagers who act like toddlers when you try to encourage them to eat better. And then report back. What strategies did you come up with? How did it work for you? Do you think there's anything to this idea that focusing on what you're going to add to your menus is a more effective way to motivate positive change than focusing on what you're giving up or cutting back on? I look forward to your reports. You'll find a transcript of today's show, along with links to some of the research I talked about and other Nutrition Diva shows on related topics on our website at nutritiondiva.quickanddirtytips.com. You can post your comments and your questions there or over on the Nutrition Diva Facebook page. And don't forget to sign up for my free weekly newsletter because that's where I answer a lot of those listener questions. Have a great week and eat something good for me.